Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 63 of Season 5 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Nick Rehack uh, of Lyrical Innuendo, among other things. Welcome back to the show, Nick. As always, thank you for having me. And and we've now actually passed the halfway point of this of this movie. You know, we we started the week almost there, and now two hours and four minutes, and here we are at one hour and three minutes. So we only have one hour and one minute left to this to to this movie. We've passed the halfway mark. Thank you for joining me for passing the halfway mark on this lovely hump day. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, having me in there for it. Well, you know, as 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 you and I both know, it was by accident, but it still works. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> You know, if, we'll play it off like it was purposeful. That's right. Uh, you know, happy accidents, as they say. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So minute sixty-three begins with Thornburg making a, a request of Victor, and ends with the helos starting to set down for landing. So we, we ended things yesterday with Thornburg going back to the end of uh, the airplane the tail end of the airplane, waking up uh, a man named Victor and asking him if he put some equipment inside of, you know, if he if if he checked it or not. And he told him that he didn't. And Thornburg was ecstatic. And this minute begins with him looking over at Victor and saying, give me one of those receivers. <laughs> and so my, my first question here, okay, is... You know, we know that nowadays they say that there are problems using cell phones on airplanes. You know, you're not supposed to even use. They, I remember they used to even tell me that, that they had problems using a Walkman or a Discman or any of those things. Why in the hell is someone able to use a uh, high-powered radio? <laughs> like, how can you get that on the plane? Well, you have to think, too. Very early in the film, the old woman had a taser. That's so right. I think at this point, anything is game. <laughs> Seriously, you know, it's it's just very weird. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not common, that's for sure. But it's just one of those things where they probably wouldn't even think about it. He he could even just kind of fibble it a bit, and be like, ah, oh, yeah, it's just a radio. And they're like, oh, okay. And then he, it's more than meets the eye. It's like a transformer. Oh, apparently, yeah. <laughs> well, what I did was I went and looked up, uh, you know, what what are the rules? Are you allowed? What are you allowed to bring on the plane or not? You know, when it comes to radio devices, things like that. You know, what needs to be, mm, okay. what 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 can you bring and carry on? What can what needs to be in your check luggage? Okay, so um, basically, all types of radio devices are allowed on airplanes in the U.S., including handheld FM radios, VHF, ham, and marine radios, both in carry on and check luggage. But the use of radios is restricted on planes due to the possibility of interference with the plane systems. Passengers traveling with radio devices should also pack their cables neatly by using Velcro cable ties, since multiple loose cables might be a motive for additional inspection. You know, they might think that you have some sort of bomb or something like that, I guess. You know, Understandable. So basically, you're allowed to bring it on the plane, but you're not allowed to use it. So, you know, Victor is is breaking a law at this point, you know, with what he's doing. What a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, they, they do say that, that uh, you should have electronics in your carry-on uh, because it could cause fire incidents in the cargo area. 
if if you have electronics in the cargo area, which which is something I never okay. would have thought of. No, no, not at all. You know, um, but when you go through security, you are supposed to tell them that you do have it. You know, anything that's larger, really? yeah, anything that's larger than a phone, it should be removed from hand luggage for in order for them to to check it more thoroughly during the screening. You know, when you're going through security. Oh, I mean, okay. this is today. I don't know what it was 33 years ago. You know, I, I can't uh, tell you what the rules were back then, but you know the fact that nowadays, you know, and then it, it talks here about whether you're allowed to take a car stereo or amplifiers on a plane. Um, and uh, you are allowed to. They they huh. don't have any problems with you doing that, but uh, they they say that it's advisable to consult with the airline, you know, beforehand to tell them that you're planning on bringing either a stereo or an amplifier, uh, you know, in your carry-on luggage. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's just crazy though. Who would? Well, I guess if it's a high enough value and you're traveling with it, you just want to keep it in your bag for like safekeeping. So I, okay, okay, I can, I can, I can understand that. I can get behind it. Yeah, but did you also notice how easily he takes it out of his bag? Yeah, just immediate. He doesn't have to go rummaging around underneath. It's just like boop, there you go. He just reaches in front of him and pulls it out. Yeah. You know, which is uh. You know, he does it very simply, very, very quick. Um, it's it's apparently not hidden. You know, so he doesn't. He's not concerned that anyone's going to be worried about the fact that he's going to be using a radio. You know, on the plane. And then Thornburg says to him, "Well, can you tune it into the cockpit frequency?" And he goes, "Yeah, why?" Now let let let's do about that. Isn't that I think would be illegal <laughs> to tune into the cockpit frequency? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way it would Yeah, and then Thornburg goes, well, uh, because I want to hear what's going on. And then Victor goes, well, it should be right here on our band, which I don't really understand what that means. Maybe you as a music person have a little more of an understanding as to, you know, what it might mean, that you have it right here on our band, uh, meaning he already has it set that I can listen in on the cockpit. And you... Meaning... No, I'm go ahead. I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm... I was saying I I think with band it's uh it's like a frequency thing. You know what I mean? Like I know that airplanes run on such and such frequency, so I'm gonna tap mine into the same so we can hear. Oh, ah, okay, right. Mm -hmm. And then Victor goes, uh, nothing. And Thunberg like like jumps at him and says, "You just told me it would work. Is it working or not?" <laughs> you know, he's he's very impatient. <laughs> And he goes, it yeah, like it, it just happened. That's right. It is working, but it's all I'm getting is some kind of airport beacon. It's weird. It's like the tower isn't there. Now, this is a really interesting comment for him to make because, you know, let's say everything is going fine. Okay, there's there's no terrorists at the airport. There's no whatever. If he were to tune into the cockpit frequency, he probably wouldn't be hearing the 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 outer beacon. Mm -hmm. You know, what? why would he be hearing the beeping sound? He would be hearing the pilot talking or something like that. So you'd think that it's on a different... It, it, yeah, that's what he should be It needs be to be on some other frequency because you can't have one of the pilots talking, you know, on the same frequency to the tower to hear the, you know, the outer marker beeper. There, there should be some differentiation between them, you know, on a different band or a different... Uh, frequency or something like that don't you think absolutely even if it's a oh it's not on this one hold on let me switch to another band or just some kind of quick one-off line and then boom you're set and ready to go again but even so like when he pulls it out it's not in a case 
it's just plugged in and ready to go and wired up. Like it's as if he was ready for something like this. You know, oh, I know Richard's going to come and ask me to go do it. So I'm going to take it out and put it in the, you know, I'm going to put it comfortably in the, 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 the seat front pocket in front of me, you know, in order to be able to pull it out real quickly when Thornberg comes to bother me. That's right. I mean, it's, it's, I like that when Thornberg comes to bother me. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Isn't that what it is? Even though Victor doesn't look upset, Victor is Victor actually doesn't seem to mind working with Thornburg. Everyone else hates Thornburg. I think he's just gotten used to him. It could be. Yeah. No, but even someone you get used to, you still can get annoyed by them. I mean, come on. He was trying to sleep and he's getting bothered that you, you know, you got to work while you're on the plane right now. Yeah, that's true. And you know he's not paying hourly or overtime pay or even holiday. That's right. I mean, he he did get a flight to 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 Dallas, but still, (laughs) no, I don't know. Just it's a little strange. But again, <laughs> what what this means is, is that no matter what, it, you know, no matter what the situation, the, the frequency that he is tuned into, he would still be hearing the outer marker beacon. It doesn't matter. You know, they could be talking in the cockpit, but this is what he's going to hear. So it, it's funny for him to say it's like the tower isn't there, but isn't that what the tower is supposed to do? It's a, it's sending out the signal so that the, the, the aircraft knows that it's at a certain pl- uh, point. You know, at a certain distance or whatever it is. So what do you mean it's not there? This is yeah, kind of like sonar. Right. It, this is what they need. It's, it's very weird. And then Thornburg says to him, "Well, stay on it. Let me know when there's something there." Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just so dismissive. It's like, like okay, all right, I got nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the plane. The the, the plane's <laughs> circling around. We don't know when we're gonna land, but you know, instead of getting sleep, I'm just gonna be listening into these this beeping sound. <laughs> Beep, yeah. <laughs> beep, beep. And, you know, we were talking the other day about uh, counting sheep. I mean, I, I think that would put him to sleep, listening just to the beeping. Oh, absolutely. That's, yeah. You know, I think that makes yeah. more sense that, that of it being a problematic uh, aspect of it. You know. For sure, because once you're, I mean, at first it might seem a little loud or harsh to the ears, but once you kind of lock in on that signal, and if it's a pattern and it's repeating, you're just, it's going to lull you to right. sleep. You know, and, and Victor does have, you know, uh, a nice pair of headphones that's already, that, that that's already connected. He didn't even need to connect the headphones. So it goes back to what you were saying before, that he, he was ready for this. He's like, all right, Thornburg, Thornburg gave me four. This is my moment to shine. <laughs> That's right. Thornburg gave me four hours to, to rest on the plane, and now he needs me to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I need, to, I need to, 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 to deal with this, you know. And, and thankfully, nobody's walking, you know, unlike what we were talking about earlier this week, nobody's walking, no one's trying to get by him in the aisle. You know, we, hit, we had. Yeah, it's as if he's the only one That's walking right. around. No, and and you know, knowing the, the the geography of airplanes, you know, you have the bathroom in the back. So, you know, anyone who's got to go to the bathroom has to pass where Thornburg is. Unless everyone says, "Oh, that's Thornburg, I'm going to go around the mm-hmm. other way." I don't know. You know. That's, that's my only explanation. I want that to be true so much. Like uh, that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Oh, uh, it's that reporter guy. Now I'm gonna go around, <laughs> or I'll hold it in. I'm gonna go back to my seat. <laughs> I'll just hold it. Yeah. <laughs> the plane will, will will end soon. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, fine. That's fine. That's, uh, oh, oh, look, he got up. He got up. Now I can go. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry I mean, that's, he gets up that's one of the things. Like, like when when 
when you're on a plane and you get to choose where you want to sit, where, where do you prefer to sit? Do you prefer to sit on the aisle? Do you prefer to sit on the window or in the middle? I, uh, I dig the window because I really like, I just like looking out. I I've flown a handful of times up and down the East coast out uh, West towards like Vegas and Denver and things like that. But sometimes just looking out and seeing it, it's just so peaceful because all you see is just, especially like farmland over Kansas and stuff. You just see squares, squares of different colors and crops that are growing. You don't see, you know, the, the hardships and the tensions and just the negativity in life. You just see the world. You just see, you know, just colors in life down there. And there's just something like really therapeutic and just kind of nice. about. Yeah. I, I, I think I remember like a year ago or a year and a half ago, you were flying and you sent a picture, whether it was on Twitter or Facebook or something like that of like, you know, uh, of, of out, out the window of the airplane, if I remember correctly, or, or maybe you were taxiing, yes. or maybe you were taxiing uh, or something August. Like that. You remember when it was, Oh my God. I, it was it was because and I'll say it this way because it was August. A friend of mine and I were flying to Denver. That's a picture over Kansas, and it was nine in the morning. And when they came around with the drink menu, I said, "I'll have a Jack and Coke." And they said, "Sir, it's nine in the morning." And I said, "I'll have a Jack and Coke," <laughs> <laughs> and then proceeded to drink it nine in the morning. Not my best moment, but if. I don't know if you got the option to drink on a plane. I think it's kind of neat. So why would yeah. <laughs> ah, they, they, they were just reminding you of what time it was. It wasn't a question of them uh, trying to ban you from it. Right. It wasn't, <laughs> you know, they, that's true. <laughs> but I let them know. I'm like, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> you do know it's nine o'clock in the morning. I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's light outside. <laughs> you know, it's not as if, it's not as if they were saying that, yeah. that, that <laughs> I'm awake. It's not as if they were saying we refuse to to serve you at this hour. You know, it's 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 just a, you sure you know that it's nine a.m. You know, so it's it's like you know. I'll... <laughs> That's true. That's a good way. To look it's at like it. you know, people people will see me sometimes. Sometimes I'll <laughs> I'll eat my lunch at like nine o'clock in the morning because I just feel like it. You know, and people will come to my office mm -hmm. and they'll be looking at me. And they're like, "You're eating meat at nine o'clock in the morning," and I'm like, "Okay, so." Like, what's the difference? <laughs> I've been up for four hours. It's like it's not. <laughs> is is there a certain time when you when when you you can only start eating heavier foods after a certain time? You know, I don't know. Yeah, what's what's two hours gonna hurt if I That's start right. now? That's right. I remember later. years and years ago, I was on uh, I I was on the the Atkins diet. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, where all you do is eat protein. You know, and I would have like a package of salami at seven o'clock in the morning for, for breakfast. You know, and it was great. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah, because why not? It's no different than there any kind of breakfast meat. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it's it's seen as a lunch meat, you can still have it for breakfast. <laughs> you know? Any anything is a breakfast food if you eat it early enough in the day. Like that's I don't, right. I don't you, you don't have do. to have cereal <laughs> for breakfast. You know, you can have other things. <laughs> oh. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I, I guess you could have a Jack and Coke uh, at at any hour, also. <laughs> Wait, now was it was it nine thirty on the plane? Of course. Or like, because because you're going through time zones. So what time? You know, could you 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 could have said to him, well, it it is one thirty in Baltimore. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was it was yeah it was nine on the plane so it would have been like oh, 10 or 11 10. back in baltimore so and, and you've been up for a few hours so for sure yeah that, that just makes sense oh yeah absolutely perfectly makes sense mm-hmm, perfectly mm-hmm. I, I completely understand absolutely and then <laughs> and then thornberg just walks away he, he gets up and walks away and then we, we get a shot of uh, two helicopters uh, flying towards us, coming from afar. We're not going to go into information about the helicopters. We already talked about that in Die Hard 1, uh, you know, about Hueys and, and why they're called a Huey and, you know, when when they came around and stuff like that. But the, I'm just going to ask one question about a helicopter, and we're going to answer it tomorrow. But I just want to see what, what you think. How many people do you think mm-hmm. you can fit in a Huey aircraft? A Huey helicopter. What do you think? What do you think? What would be your guess? Okay. 15. All right. So tomorrow we will have the answer to that. So everyone come back tomorrow. All right. To be able to hear, to be able to hear if, if, if Nick is correct or not about that. I feel it in my heart that I'm correct, but. All right. Well, if you, that, that's really good. It's, it's good that you, you can, you can, you know, for 24 hours, you'll be able to feel good in your heart <laughs> and, you know, thinking, thinking that you're right. And tomorrow you will find out if you are or not. That's true. <laughs> Because I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and then the shot changes, and we see like a what looks like a garage door opening up, and we see a lot of people coming out of there, including Trudeau, Lorenzo, McLean, you know, which which we'll talk more about this uh, tomorrow. But it still, I it makes me wonder why McLean is with them. <laughs> you know, he like he doesn't fit in with everyone else. It's like, why are you here? But we'll we'll get there. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? I'm just saying, I'm just confused as to why so many people are coming out, right? The other day we talked about how there's a guy just walking through the middle of a conversation, like, okay, he's working. We're showing that people are working, stuff's getting done. But then the door opens, and there are just a handful of people walking out, some that I really just don't need to be there. Like, I word can get spread down to them through a walkie. Like, it should just be two or three people, especially if they want to keep it kind of close to the chest that an operation like this is happening. Right. I, I, I agree with you. But, but again, we don't know who all these people are. You know, That's tomorrow, true. tomorrow we'll find out a little bit who, who some one or two other people are. I mean, most of them look like they're they're police officers or some government officials or or stuff like that. That's true. We can we can also see that it is very windy, you know, and, and everyone's yes. um, trying to make sure that, that <laughs> you see Lorenzo holding onto his hat so it doesn't fly off, you know, at this very point. And everyone else just looks really cold. And then yeah, we, we see the, the worst of it is just it looks bitter cold. And I would I if I'm one of those guys, I'm like, hey, let's have them meet us inside. Why do we got to stand <laughs> outside? And wait <laughs> well, the me. helicopter can't land inside. You know, that, that's a little bit of an issue. Yeah, but it could land, and then people could run out indoors instead of just having it all outdoors. Although it does look cooler when it's outdoors. I no, and also that. if you want to go greet someone, you you're not going to say, "All right, I'll wait for you inside." Yeah, that's you know? true. Like if 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 you were waiting for someone to come to your house, okay, and they they say, "I'm going to be there at a certain time," and it's someone that you really want to see that you haven't seen in a long time, like you know, they're very happy to see this this special forces unit show up. So, you know, that you're, you're gonna then. If you know that someone's coming at a certain time, you're going to open your door and be outside waiting to greet them as opposed to waiting for them to knock on the door. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Even though when I came to your house, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you were in the basement. <laughs> I was, but I got up there. I know, I know, I know. I'm just kidding. You'd never met me before, so that's fine. 
you know, next time I expect you to be waiting out on the lawn for me. Yeah, how's that? I'll be outside. <laughs> I'll have cool drinks in hand, a there banner. I'll I'll go big. All right. <laughs> we'll have to plan that out. <laughs> Works great. Absolutely. Works great. All right. Anything else you want to say about this this minute? As I mean, the minute basically ends as the helicopter starts uh, coming in for a landing, and it gets cut off in the middle. You know, we don't get to see really, the landing it's yet. It's just that. Yeah, I just don't know why there's so many people waiting for this to land, but we'll find out tomorrow. Yes. Well, we won't necessarily find out why there's so many people, but we'll find out who they are. <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of yes. a difference. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the, the the script is basically continues the conversation between uh, Thornburg and Victor. And then Thornburg says, get one of the receivers. And it's just puzzled. The man pulls his bag from under the seat and gets one out. Thornburg then says, can you tune into the cockpit frequency? I want to hear what's going on. Victor says, should be on our band. He tunes the mic's receiver, uh, monitoring with an ear with an earplug and frowns. Nothing. You just said it would work. It is working, but all I get is, and then it says, listening again, the weather recordings. It's like, it's like the tower isn't there. Camera tightens on Thornburg. Wheels start spinning, leaving. He pats Victor's shoulder. Stay on it. Tell me if anything anything changes. And then it says, lights in the sky cut through the swirling snow. Two army helicopters dance through the air towards us. And that's Ooh, how it ends. Dance through the air. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that, I love script descriptions. There's no question about that. They they always are so much fun to read because you know the the whole idea is to give us to give us a picture in our minds of what is going on. And they do a great job with this. You know, swirling snow. The helicopters dancing through the air, isn't it? That's just great. It's really yeah. pleasant. Yes, mm-hmm. and it helps you really visualize what 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 they want to put on uh, the screen, you know, what they want to film. So yeah, absolutely, that's right. So every Wednesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Aviation Edition, where my guests will give some sort of adventure, misadventure story, uh, anecdote, something that has happened to them over the course of their life that is somehow related to uh, airplanes and airport, uh, aviation, something like that. So, Nick, you got a story for us? Oh, do I? Ooh, I've been, uh, I've been anticipating for this for a while. 60... <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, for my mother's 60th birthday, she wanted to go to Disney World and celebrate. All she wanted to do was ride Expedition Everest, or people call it the Yeti Coaster, and scream at the top of her lungs. And she did that three times, so hip hip hooray for my mom. Now... Getting to Disney is the actual story. My mother was kind enough to book the flight for my wife and I, and originally it was a straight shot Baltimore to Orlando. I've taken that flight a handful of times. By the time you get up, uh, down you go, it's very quick. They changed it a week prior. So we were now going from Baltimore to Long Island to Orlando, which is not the end of the world, but it just seems silly. To, yeah, I know. It just seems silly, right? Why would you change it like that? But we were just kind of stuck with it. We were like, whatever, we'll just make it work. So we get to Long Island and we land and the captain's going over, you know, thanks for flying with us, blah, blah, blah. Those that are headed to Orlando, sit tight. We'll get moving about 40 minutes or so. We'll deplane and then replane. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm unpacking my headphones for the second leg. I'm going to list I, like a podcast or music or just something. And I see more and more and more and more people get off until it was just me and my wife on the plane. Like, wow. We were the only ones. You're the only idiots flying, flying to Orlando via Long Island. 
Yeah, yeah, basically. Like it was I took a picture of it. It's really wild. I have to send it to you sometime, but it's just us in an empty plane. We were watching the uh, flight attendants. They were on their phones and chit-chatting about their kids and eating snacks. And uh, we sat there. We moved a couple rows up, though, so we can get out of the plane sooner when it landed. Uh, but it was just it w- – it's one of the craziest things that just being on an empty plane is so weird, absolutely weird. Oh, wow. That is so wild. And I assume you got to Orlando okay on time and everything. Oh, yeah, all of that. I think – we got to Orlando 10 minutes later than what the original flight was, which blows my mind. I don't know how that's possible, but we did. So, oh, wow. It wasn't so bad after all. Okay. That's, that's really cool. And, uh, and on the way back, you had to also go through New York or not? Thankfully, no. Thankfully, way back was just one straight shot. Okay. Very cool. All right. That is a great story. Thank you very much for, for entertaining us with that, with that story. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, so Nick, you want to once again tell people where they can find Nick Rehack? Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram now, at that rehack. Uh, I've also been invited and have joined along with Bubba Wheat from the Rabbit Hole Podcast Network. We have a podcast together called Lyrical Innuendo. We take a song from the uh, long extended history of music and we figure out is it about sex, drugs, or rock and roll or something completely different? Uh, we have a lot of fun each episode. We're really starting to mix it up, bring in some different genres, different decades, and really kind of stretch out and make people really think what they're, the music they're listening to is really about. All right. Very cool. And while you're doing that, you can go re- review and subscribe on any podcast you might be using to listen to the show. Finding me is very simple. You can go to just do a quick search for Move Your Out Minute. You can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter. So, until tomorrow, yippee ki If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages, it